This series presents information based in part on theory and conjecture. The producer's purpose is to suggest some possible explanations, but not necessarily the only ones, to the mysteries we will examine. to the Haunted Davenport. We are a monthly podcast dedicated to retro horror and sci-fi television. Tonight, we are going to talk about In Search Of. Lost civilizations, extraterrestrials, myths and monsters, missing persons, magic and witchcraft, unexplained phenomena. In search of cameras are traveling the world, seeking out these great mysteries. This program was the result of the work of scientists, researchers, and a group of highly skilled technicians. So, In Search of, when it originally aired, ran from 1977 to 1982, and there are many great episodes. But to narrow it down for one discussion for tonight, we decided to focus on the In Search of Cryptids episodes. So we covered, we're going to cover four episodes and mention a fifth, which is sort of, we decided was sort of like a clip show of all the previous episodes, but we're going to cover a couple episodes from season one and a couple episodes from season two, um, to cover lake monsters, one you may have heard of for sure. And mm-hmm. the other one you may not have. And then, uh, two sort of, uh, man beast ape bigfoot like creature episodes well one is bigfoot mm-hmm. he's bigfoot like and the other one's bigfoot of the bayou yeah well bigfoot. okay so i figured we could go and i've insulted people again with my bad impressions yeah no more bad impressions please <laughs> it's time to stop now. we haven't gotten to the canadian <laughs> yeah. Let's... oh yeah future warning there may be bad canadian accents in this episode <laughs> <laughs> Apologize in advance. Yeah. Good policy. We should also probably note that none of us are experts on any of these, uh, what, cryptids are they called? Mm-hmm. At least I'm not. Um, I don't know about any of you guys. But... I'm not entirely sure the people that are quote-unquote experts on cryptids well, yeah, what, are. What, what I'm saying is I've also, I also <laughs> haven't done much due diligence on a lot of this stuff. Most of my knowledge is just hearsay. So, um, this is not a podcast about cryptozoology is what I'm saying here. We're just talking sure. about the show. Right. I, I listen to some paranormal podcasts. Yeah. So you might I be know a resident little. expert. Well, I, have, I can at least tell people I, where to listen to those. I, I know there are a lot of people who take this stuff very seriously and I just want to tell them they probably know more than we do. Just, I you have, know, if we get something wrong, our bad. I have been told that I've had a Bigfoot experience. Oh. I do not believe it was a Bigfoot experience, but that's up to debate. <laughs> you, debate. you know what you did in the woods. <laughs> I was told I know what I heard, and I'm pretty sure I don't know what I heard. I was trying to figure out where I got my interest in that, because I know my dad was into it. Mm-hmm. And, and my dad, I mean, I remember after he died, he had 
<laughs> he took most of these. He he had all those paperback novels of the you know Cherry to the Gods and it, it, tons. Just Loch Ness monster, Bigfoot, aliens, Roswell, um, ancient aliens, mm -hmm. secrets of the pyramids, Atlantis. He had tons of those, mm -hmm. and so I guess I got it from him. Did you guys have the Time Life series with the ancient mysteries? We, we did. We totally had that. I loved those. Yeah, those I was were great. so into those as a kid. Oh, man. Those were great. My dad and I would watch those documentaries all the time. So when yeah. X-Files rolled around, that was, like, great for my family because right. we were all into that. So. You already had the so, background knowledge. <laughs> totally, yeah. I have a question for everybody. Had you seen episodes of In Search of previously to Gathering for this episode and also if you did how old were you was it part of your childhood or something you discovered recently on the internet i feel like maybe i maybe saw some reruns in my teenage years on any of the cable channels mm -hmm. but i think i became more aware of it than with the advent of the internet and i may have seen them in the past they seem familiar but i definitely learned of what they actually were from you. This is Drew talking. Yeah, we, sorry, we didn't introduce ourselves <laughs> for this episode. Whoa. So if you're new to the Haunted da Davenport, your, your hosts for the evening are Allison, that's me, uh, Drew. That's me. I'm, I'm Allison's husband. <laughs> and Chris. I'm, I'm Chris. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Chris is our friend, and this, this episode was his idea. And, and Andy, I am over here. <laughs> And he's my brother-in-law. Friend, yeah. friend to some, brother and friend to others. <laughs> which, which makes him Allison's brother. That's if right. If you're following along. Yeah, we have a family tree. So, <laughs> so back, back to In Search Of. Uh, anybody else have an In Search Of early? No, and it's, it's interesting because I've never seen In Search Of before tonight. Um, I, I, I heard about it, but I never had any interest in watching it. But I have... The History Channel um, has run a bunch of different weird TV shows, like Ancient Aliens. Histories, and Mysteries. Histories, Mysteries, yeah, and, yeah. Things, and things that are very reminiscent of it. So I, I've seen this type of show before, but never this one. Oh, I think Ancient Aliens takes the cake, though. There's that one guy who's a recurring talking head on that. Yeah. And he's got the most insane hair. Oh, And, and his hair gets meme. crazier as the, the show goes on. Yeah. I don't know what his There's name the is. meme, you know, where he's like, I'm not saying it was Aliens. Aliens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that show. Yeah, so this, it's... This show's so understated no, no, compared this show, to that. No, no, this show's very grounded, and, you know, it, it, it plays up the... We, we have all of our reputable witnesses in the show. Well, I think this laid the groundwork for it, because before, you probably only had... You only had discussion of these kind of weird things in pulp magazines or... Right. Yeah. I'm not sure yeah. when Fate Magazine started. Oh, yeah. Uh, Fate Magazine was great, though. Like, yeah, sort of like Reader's Digest format, but with a weird... Oh, was there, like, people-submitted stories and stuff like that? Yeah. Like, well, like, um, um, just paranormal and cryptozoology and, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think metaphysics. Is that still... Is that still in publication? Either I like don't in an know. online format? Last I remember buying a couple issues in nineteen ninety one. So that was your guess is ago. as good as mine. I mean, my cryptozoology background, like knowledge and everything, all came from either just weird one off history channel things that they'd always they always have something weird on History Channel. Mm -hmm. And then uh 
would definitely be down in southern Oregon is Bigfoot country. So yep. you hear a yep. lot of just talk from people when you're growing up. So that was that one. And then I was there was something else I was trying to think of. I'll get around to it. Yeah, it's probably yeah. pretty difficult to avoid. Yeah, big, uh, Bigfoot's Bigfoot. like a like a Pacific Northwest, or if you're in Canada, a Pacific Southwest tradition. Mm-hmm. Well, so my my first exposure to In Search of was probably in, I want to say, 1988 or 87. I caught it on cable in a rerun format, and I was hooked immediately because I'd already was aware of things like Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster, and I was fascinated by pyramids. I was fascinated by the Mayan pyramids, and I was fascinated by the Egyptian pyramids and the Sphinx, and so it covered all these things, and also ghosts. I was obsessed with ghost stories. So it just, you know, it's, I was seven, eight years old at the time, and I remember being so excited. And the show was kind of, it's dry in bits. It's very much in the, you know, kind of low-key documentary format, but... I was so enthralled with the subject matter, plus I loved Star Trek and Leonard Nimoy was the host, so I just was hooked. I paid full attention whenever it was on, whenever I got a chance to watch it. Um, and then I think later was able to find some episodes online years ago, and it's just something I rewatch from time to time. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if I've seen every single episode, but I've seen quite a few of them. Mm -hmm. And I also, I told you guys back when we were watching episodes to prepare... Um, how sometimes, and this is not a slam on the show in any way, shape, or form, but because the show's kind of, you know, low-key, it's not over-dramatized, and Leonard Nimoy's voice is very soothing, or at least I think it is, you know, it's just yes. kind of relaxing to hear that sometimes if I, you know, need something on, but I'm, you know, going to take a nap and pass out for a little while, and I don't usually pass out in front of the television, but if it's like an afternoon nap, and maybe even kind of stressed out, and I need to take my mind off things and kind of quiet down, this is a good show to just kind of chill out to, so. Well, I noticed that this show also, in, in looking at some past episodes, uh, the trend now, I think, with these kind of shows skews a little more political where it's a little bit like you can't trust your government your government's gonna do this to you and and i think you know especially with aliens or you know things you know, the government does more than than right. they want They're you know covering it up. Yeah, and, yeah. but but i think when these aired it was more kind of even keel and kind of just right. saying Let's like just get these the are weird things well yeah. it's kind of the era of you know just good, low-key, informative television because you get Cosmos with Carl Sagan. You're and, right, yeah. And he's talking about some really amazing concepts, but it's not sensationalized. It's just told to you, you know, like your teacher would tell you yeah, in a lecture. Right. Yeah. And, and I think the other thing that, that irritates me so much and why it's hard for me to watch things now, like Histories, Mysteries, or that alien, um, ancient, ancient alien show, yeah. is that it's mostly filler and pulp and meant to grab you like a tabloid television show, and they rehash again and again. So every time you cut to a commercial break and they come back, you have to watch basically a two-minute recap of what you already <laughs> saw, and it really just seems like they're padding out their show and they're making right. a cash grab rather than actually honestly and intelligently trying to handle the subject matter. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just garbage TV, you know? I'm No offense to fans of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's... But I just, I don't have the attention span for it, and I, and I feel like it's, you know cultivated for people who apparently have no short-term memory recall because like you just saw this information you just saw this footage you notice the ghost hunter television shows do that as well mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it's just irritating because i love these subjects an hour. 
Yeah, and it's hard unless yeah. unless it's a fictional format. Most of the time, you're not going to find these subject matters treated intelligently. Well, yeah. these episodes are only 21 minutes after the commercials are taken out, mm-hmm. and they fit a lot in there. Yeah, yeah. There's no filler. Well, and also, one thing I really like about them that, in comparison to the way things have kind of devolved into with this type of show that they do now, is there isn't some big reveal at the end that they keep teasing. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Nowadays, this would be like, and then Nessie did something. We'll tell you after the break. So stay yeah. tuned for a shocking discovery. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You just wanted to stay tuned because it was good programming. Yeah. Not because they were hanging a carrot out of the reach. Yeah. I wonder if the time, just because of the subject matter, if, if it wasn't so... This was still a niche marketing, yeah, kind mm-hmm. of niche maybe right. marketing kind of thing to to a particular smaller group. So they're like, we're just gonna present this normally to right. those kind of people. They didn't have any competition. Yeah, they didn't have thirty other different shows yeah, now, about cryptozoology. Now yeah, everybody's yeah. trying to grab your attention with right. whatever they're. No, doing. my cryptozoology yeah. show is better. Yep. Well, Squatch Hunter. Squatch Hunter. <laughs> So, so I'd say, say you know, spoilers for the rest of the episode, but we all we all pretty much enjoyed and respected in search of. Yes, yes. So I'd like to give just a little bit of a background um, on the show, just overall, before we delve into our our cryptid episodes. Um, as I said before, it originally aired uh, from nineteen seventy seven to nineteen eighty two, and it was a weekly broadcast. And it was created because the uh, original producer and creator, Alan Landsberg, had been really successful with three uh, hour-long documentaries previous to this. Uh, One was called In Search of Ancient Astronauts, which was in uh, 1973. Um, And then there was In Search of Ancient Mysteries and The Outer Space Connection, which I've actually seen. Um, Those both came out in 1975. And the format and the pacing and the narration is very similar to kind of like an extended episode of of what the In Search of Television show came to be. And those were uh, narrated by Rod Serling, who you would know from Night Gallery and the Twilight Zone. And and we're big Rod Serling fans around around here, myself especially. Um, And he was actually supposed to be, or at least he was a top choice to host the show when the show was going to be coming out. But unfortunately... Um, Serling died in 1975 and he was unable, they were unable to use him for any of the episodes. Um, so they ended up having Leonard Nimoy become the host and I think a wonderful and quality show resulted as such. Now I do think Serling would have been an amazing host, Mm -hmm. but I think Leonard Nimoy was an equally good choice. And I think, um, uh, later because of his Star Trek fame and just the science fiction, element and association with him as an actor i think it fit perfectly for the series and i think it, it drew a large audience to the show oh yeah definitely also i feel like he gives a tone that rod serling wouldn't have given hmm. a more friendly like approachable hey it could have happened it could have been this it could have been that we don't really know where like rod serling i feel like if he was telling it to me i'd I'd be more like a lecture, you know, or yeah, like, yeah. you know, 
a little more skeptical, possibly, one way or the what other. You... Either I'm being told what to believe <laughs> right. or, like, yeah. like don't believe this, you know? you be concerned a little, too, that something bad was about to happen to you? Because right. Because he already had... It always has a twist at the he end. Had, yeah, he had the he already had the the strong association with Twilight Zone and the Night Gallery, which were both amazing shows, and you know, but it's often very scary and sometimes the paranormal is frightening. But when Leonard Nimoy is narrating, it feels like you know you have a friend who's guiding you through this this bizarre well, territory, yeah, and, think, and you uh, want to meet all these aliens and weird. Like it might be okay. It's it's the um it's also the the power of of character and like an actor's yeah. type mm -hmm. uh, whereas you know we're so used to Leonard Nimoy playing Spock who is very intelligently written and is you know Spock operates on rational thinking and logical thinking and everything mm -hmm. so when it's presented by an actor who plays that you buy it because right. yeah. his character is the same way. Mm. Right. You're like, well, my, my Vulcan guide told me this was right. how it yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Automatically, okay everyone just believes Leonard Nimoy <laughs> knows every logical thing and all the science <laughs> in the world. Have you seen that SNL skit with the... Uh, Star Trek convention with Shatner. Oh, and they keep right, asking him right, right. They keep and asking him technical up, questions. <laughs> blows up and calls them all nerds. And <laughs> yeah. then, like, at the What's end, someone whispers people? in his ears, like, I was just reenacting from episode of the <laughs> yeah. evil Shatner. Yeah. Evil Kurt. <laughs> so good. Yeah, that was a classic one. Well, shall we get into the episodes that... Sure. We, we just gonna do them in order we watched. Yeah. Sure, yeah. I think we almost kind of watched them in order that they aired too. I'm not mm. sure about that. But um, our first, our first episode that we watched, and these were all, like we said earlier, about 20 to 25 minutes long. Um, the first one is "In Search of the Loch Ness Monster," and it's episode 20 from season one. And that's a lot of episodes for a season. Well, or it was a week. Then, it was like, weekly. It was yeah. weekly. Yeah. And seasons sometimes would. would they didn't break for sweep, yeah. sweeps week like they do now. Oh, all the yeah. crazy breaks that they do. Um, you got a lot more content out of shows. So, does anybody want to talk about the Loch Ness monster? Thoughts <laughs> on Nessie? Well, so this is from seventy-seven. Yeah. Yeah. So the big catfish. Early. Yeah. Well, early on, we we kind of said, oh. Drew, I think you said that. Where it was uh, how many things have been debunked since then? Right. Forty years later. Right, right. Yeah, there hadn't been as much research, or at least not as much available information about the Loch Ness monster at the time when this aired. Yeah, they show that classic picture right. of the Loch Ness monster, and they say, "Oh, this uh, this London surgeon took this picture in the '30s." I think they said. In 1934. 34. Yeah. Yeah. And so then, when he died, sometime I think in the early 2000s. Right. Uh, he admitted on his deathbed that it was that it was a hoax, but for right. for years that was considered. He had I a, love that a toy boat that like he did some modeling clay or so. I forget the exact story, but mm -hmm. it was it was like that was the photo that would always be like once a year on the front of Weekly World News. You yeah. Know? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's the not wow. last yeah. photo. Yeah. Rest in peace, Weekly World News. We miss you. Right. Oh, oh, Bat Boy. Bat Boy. Bat You're Boy still lives. That that was the other place as a childhood. That's why I was trying to remember. That's right. Yeah. That I learned on... a lot of cryptozoology yeah, stuff with Weekly, Weekly World News. News. They're still on Instagram, and they'll yeah. they'll replay old ones and oh, or, or they'll, they'll reshow old ones, and they're great. Yes. Yeah. 
if you grow up with the week of world news, like it's the it's the greatest thing ever. Uh, apparently, <laughs> the Loch Ness monster legend has been uh, circulating in that area since. Around 400, 600 A.D. Okay. Um, right, I was surprised it was that long. Yeah, when, when apparently right. some priest came up to uh, Christianize the Picts, who were a, a pagan people who lived up in the Scotland area, and if you uh, know anything about your King Arthur lore, King Arthur actually went to war against the Picts a couple times, I think. Oh, um, right. Yeah, because that's all in the same era. King Arthur was supposed to have lived in about 400 A.D., I so I wonder, did yep. Merlin ever battle Nessie then? He, oh, Merlin versus Nessie. Ver I want to make that. Yeah, no, there's a story. <laughs> I, I think I have a Boris Vallejo yeah. painting that depicts that. Um, <laughs> Somewhere the Sci-Fi Channel's taking notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Roger Corman, can you make this movie for ten dollars? <laughs> Merlin versus. It'll need Nessie. some boobs. Uh huh. Did it have to? Because we're sci-fi. Right. Well, we're gonna have to ape on Game of Thrones, so we're gonna have to have the Arthur incest thing happen. Oh right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's gotta. It's gotta. Uh, um, but yeah, so this priest comes up to uh, Northern England, Southern Scotland, like Central Scotland area, to try and Christianize him, and he apparently encounters this serpent, which is something that, if you know Christian history, sometimes happens to uh, missionaries or priests. They encounter serpents. And he makes the sign of the cross and invokes Jesus' name, and the serpent yields and lets him pass. Um, Serpents hate Jesus. They do. They do. If you want to get a serpent away from you, I'm not a, not an expert, but I've heard, you know. Yeah, don't try that at home, kids. <laughs> <laughs> if there's a rattlesnake in your yard, slowly back away. Do not cast mm -hmm. wizard Do powers. not put a cross in its face. <laughs> don't cast holy water. Right. Um... But that's the, that is the first recorded uh, encounter with the Loch Ness Monster, and apparently there have been sightings and reportings and so on here and there across history since then. Well, we don't know about before that, because that that's was true. before written language had mm. come to that area. That's right. And all the people that could have, you know, in, in retold the tales of the Loch Ness Monster were probably told poppycock and... Here's your cross. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's it. What, yeah. what weird pagan god are you talking about? No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess it's possible there is a, it might be a pagan deity or a spirit or something that's been Could living be there for... tradition. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe they were worshipping, worshipping the lake creature and that's why they were like, nope. And that's None why of that. Jesus. Yeah. So yeah. symbolically like Jesus casting it, it out was was not a literal battle with the Loch Ness monster. Well, I wonder if the, uh, if the serpent idea is like an allegory thing, because I think that's that's a St. Patrick thing. Yeah. 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 Like he drove the serpents out the of serpents Ireland. Out, yeah. yeah. A.K.A. we persecuted the hell out of a bunch of pagans. Right. Which yep. is why I don't celebrate St. Patrick's Day. I didn't know that until only a couple of years ago. And I thought, uh, Have you ever seen literal that? snakes in Ireland? <laughs> There's a great painting, I forget who did it, where it's uh, St. Patrick drives the snakes out of Ireland, and it's St. Patrick behind the wheel of, like, I think it's a Cadillac convertible, <laughs> and it's got, like, snake police skin in it. And it's got, um, oh, I've seen that, yeah. From, um, oh, me, uh, was it Metal Gear Metal Solid? Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> and then there's a third snake, I forget who, but it's, like, mm -hmm. famous, you know, movie famous guys snakes. Snake. Snake, yeah. Guys named Snakes. Awesome. Jake, Jake the Snake, the yeah. wrestler, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a great painting. I really like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember who did it. It might be Brandon Bird. I don't know. Yeah. I'll look it up later. As a kid, I was I was 
really fascinated by the idea of the Loch Ness Monster, and I remember seeing this episode as a kid and being really excited about it and pretty convinced that the Loch Ness Monster was real. Mm. Well, there have been dozens of theories floated over from, like, what it could possibly be, because the Loch Ness is a freshwater lake, but it's connected to the ocean, so it's conceivable that some sort of sea serpent could have swam up the river that it's connected to and gotten into the lake. There have been people saying that maybe it was a a log that had uh, some gas in it that would cause it to raise up and do some weird things. There are a lot of things that could be mistaken. Not too long ago, there was a, I think it was a Google Maps, was it? Or, or it was some kind of oh, satellite. Was, was there a Google was, Earth uh, photo? It was a Google Earth photo that they, because the maps are kind of derived from different images they put together. Oh, right. Right at right, about right. the border of One of the two pictures. Something There's weird a wake, the wake of a wave or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it looks like. It looks like the Loch Ness monster. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. So it was a big popular thing for a while. They mm-hmm. had to come out and say, no. Oh. Well, I think if they're. If there was a Loch Ness Monster, then I am or definitely a skeptical person, but I like to believe in the possibility of things, that maybe, maybe it's not an actual flesh and blood ancient aquatic dinosaur still living in the water, which is a possibility, but I feel like you'd be seeing more evidence if that were the case. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's like a weird echo from prehistoric times that's there's some kind of weird rift there and you can mm. see into the past on the <laughs> right, right right kind yeah, of yeah, day yeah. or like there's the stone tape theory where of hauntings where people will see sort of a recording of an apparition in a, in a house or in a place like a battlefield where something happened and it's the not necessarily it's yeah. not necessarily a sentient being but it's more like an image that's been frozen i don't know i mean those are those are things that Mm -hmm. we don't know if those things exist either but there's there's a lot of ways to look at it that other than just that there's an aquatic dinosaur there isn't yeah the the theory that i really have come to probably accept and and, but it still doesn't like affect my childhood you know doesn't feel like my child is affected is the, uh, the the newer theory that it may be what they call a Wells catfish? That's W E L S. Google image search Wells catfish, and that's still like impressive to me because these right. these catfish are like seven or eight feet long. I mean, they they are monsters, and right. so if that's what people are seeing, that's still pretty cool. I have to say, because. Well- like, they think a lot of people that thought they were seeing mermaids at one time in certain regions were actually maybe seeing manatees. Oh, yeah. You know, so that's totally plausible. Yeah. yeah. And still, you know, you get you get your cool creature out of it. It's not yeah, quite totally. what you thought it was, but wow, you know. And I, I didn't realize there was as much legitimate scientific interest in the Loch Ness Monster, because they were talking about, like, oh, yeah, we've got the National Geographic team and, over here. Yeah, we've got team MIT research. researchers out yeah. here. we got this guy with his sonar sub. He's been out here for a couple of months just taking pictures of the water. It's well, like, it kind of wow. makes me Don't wonder. you kind of wish you were those people? I know, right? <laughs> is it, like, sanctioned MIT, like, they're all MIT people? Or is it, like, somebody got, like, a half a grant from some other thing? And, mm. like, like, oh, yeah, we're, we're with MIT. <laughs> Oh, I see. You know, it's like it's like, oh, oh yeah, I this guy went to MIT and then I got a grant from MIT for this and then so, so we're, yeah, we're, we're MIT, we're MIT yeah. research. Oh, okay, people. let me let me tell you as someone that works for an organization dealing with grants and that kind of a thing. Um, yeah. uh, 
Yeah, could very well be, like, a private individual with a ton of money that's sort of like, hey, I will give you $50,000 if you want to go look this up. Right. You know, and so maybe he partners with uh, a school. Right. So it says, we'd like to go study it, but we need a little bit more cash. We can't use our university funds to go. And so right. it could very well be that kind of a thing. Yeah. Well, and I, I thought some of the, the techniques they were using to try and... Uh, capture images of the monster were pretty ingenious too like one guy was sticking cameras about 60 feet under the surface of the water and pointing them up so that he could catch a silhouette of it as it passed over oh yeah <laughs> yeah and i was like that's that's, that's a pretty clever idea silhouette yeah. makes more sense because it's so murky yeah and we found out what was it there's it, peat there's peat there's a ton of peat in the in in the loch because of all the you know all, all the runoff from these surrounding areas which we decided so, means it makes great scotch it would probably make great scotch <laughs> you know? so from what i know about making there scotch i drink i drink some is... nessie scotch yeah. Yeah. Probably scotch from Loch Ness. We should oh, yeah, probably. We should go there. Yeah, yeah. the Loch Ness Distillery. Yeah. I will happily sip on scotch while riding around in a boat, <laughs> looking for, for hours. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll probably eventually I will probably see Nessie. <laughs> Would it be weird if I bought that Loch Ness monster soup label that's adorable and then took it to the Loch Ness and dipped it in the water <laughs> while yeah. we were out on the boat? With our Whatever you want to do. <laughs> Take as pictures of as, it. As long as yeah, there's there scotch go. involved, I'm okay with that. Because the more scotch there is, the more the more that's going to happen. I thought we're saying that. I'm going to get some scotch. Um, <laughs> anyways, continue on. Do you on. want me to pause? No. Okay. Uh, Alrighty, well, do we want to move to the next episode? Sure. Because we're going to talk about another lake monster. Yeah. Uh in a minute but before that we're gonna talk about bigfoot yeah in search of bigfoot season one episode five thoughts on bigfoot you know any uh the <laughs> no new info basically well, I was say, well, 40 the, years later the, the 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 natives apparently call him sasquatch i don't know how uh how accurate that claim is but that's what they were claiming back in the 70s and there have apparently been legends of large, you know, furred, hairy creatures wandering out in the woods for as long as there have been people in this region. So hippies. Hippies. <laughs> well, there was there there the one of the opening stories was about a sighting in Mount Hood in 1976, which would have happened about a year before this broadcast. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of interesting. You know, we get a lot of stories being in Oregon. Um, I think Drew was telling us a story while we were watching this episode that I thought would be fun for him to tell for the show about the Bigfoot trap in, oh. in Southern well, Oregon. Well, that one's not really a story. It's just something that exists in the Applegate area in Southern Oregon. It's um, They built it in... Oh, I forget when I looked it up. It was... Early 70s. Well, it was, yeah, the mid-70s. Mid mm -hmm. And so it's a big, giant cube out in the woods built out of large uh, timbers and anchored down to the ground with telephone poles and strapped around with metal banding and it has a giant metal great door on it and they were trying to trap bigfoot and so for it was nice. six years they said they oh would God. frequently throw carcasses in this <laughs> thing 
And the only thing they ever caught was numerous angry bears <laughs> and one very confused hunter. Um, and then in, I think it was 1980, they were forced to cause it so that you couldn't shut on anybody because it was deemed a safety hazard out in the woods. Because yeah, it was, it was off complains. a hiking trail. Yeah, yeah. yeah probably <laughs> probably the hunter threatened to sue, and they're like, all right, okay. shut it down. I wouldn't doubt that, yeah. But yeah, so you can still visit it. It's still out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you can Google it. Just Google Bigfoot Trap and <laughs> yeah, Oregon get Bigfoot a lot of Trap. It's, I don't even think you need to do in, Oregon. I think it's the only it's the Bigfoot only, Trap. We can't be the only people who've tried to trap Bigfoot. No. Well, it's the, only, it's the only famous Bigfoot okay. Trap. You, you don't can think, go You don't think Alex, Alex Jones has a part of his website that's like how to build a Bigfoot Trap? <laughs> build your own Bigfoot Trap. Oh. Probably. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to know. Well, the Bigfoot Trap's really... It's in a section where it's... Um, it's right at the very bottom of the Oregon state area, right before you get into California, Northern California. Mm-hmm. So that area, you kind of hit a, a zone of oh, no people there. Yeah, so yeah. it's a Californian trap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're just trying they to catch it, Californians. Yeah, they, 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 fill it with, they, they fill it with affordable uh, uh, real estate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> affordable real estate and lots of wine. Well, were those confused yeah. bears Californian bears? They were. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're state mm-hmm. animals. Yeah, it's in it's in the Applegate Valley, which is just outside of the town of Applegate and near Jacksonville, which is a fun and supposedly very haunted historic town. Well, I think it's the oh. closest to Roosh. Is it? You know the area, area, which probably most people don't. Mm-hmm. Roosh is a place I used to always go because it was the first place I discovered uh, the ginger beer by Reeds, and I drive oh, out there and buy yeah. ginger beer. Anyways, oh, um, another thing you could put in a Bigfoot trap. Oh yeah, ginger. <laughs> I mean, you to wash down the like carcass. Me, hey, I was gonna he say, loves you a good ginger, ginger beer. Me, yeah. Ginger beer yeah. Um, but yeah, not too far from there, on the other side of Roosh, the <laughs> northern side of that, is a place Excuse called me? Johns Peak, <laughs> and that's where I supposedly had my Bigfoot experience. Um, I don't believe it was a Bigfoot experience. Uh, because for one thing, it's a area of land that is surrounded by houses if you go any direction in, like, say, eight miles. So, I mean, you got, like, a 16-mile circle here Mm -hmm. that if Bigfoot's there, he's getting found because it's an area where people do, you know, motorcycle riding and everything. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, we were, uh, as young young individuals do in southern oregon we were out in the woods drinking and <laughs> hanging around around bonfire and so um after i was 21 of course mother um, <laughs> actually, I i'm pretty me. sure i was over 21 <laughs> at the time anyways we were out there drinking and and hanging out in the bonfire when we were planning on actually camping and then we started hearing weird rustling in the bushes and then weird grunting noises and we figured, I figured, uh, probably an injured animal or something, you know, that's got cubs on one side of us or something because we tried to scare it off by, you know, just kind of throwing some rocks in its direction. Mm-hmm. And then uh, later, we, not just wildly into the woods at night, into an embankment near us. We had some rifles with us, so we shot into there to, you know, just frighten things away. 
but it would yeah. not be frightened away. So we decided anything that wasn't frightened by us throwing rocks and shooting guns we didn't want to deal with <laughs> was what I was figuring. And you yeah. killed two and people having sex in a bush. Yes, oh. yes, that's, that's the long story short. No, um... It was into an embankment we could see. Everything was okay. perfectly safe. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we decided not to camp there. Um, and again, I still stick to my story that either injured animal or animal that was separated from its young mm -hmm. would be bold enough or, you know, afraid enough mm -hmm. that it wasn't going to leave us alone. Um, but everyone else was convinced that Bigfoot was nearby because of the way it was making its noises. Apparently mm. only Bigfoots make W noises. What? Um, <laughs> no, that is what, that is what it says on the website. Yes, uh, only Bigfoot can make a W noise. No other animal in the woods well, can like, make a W. Well, literally, W. From, from <laughs> yeah, yeah, we kept, kept hearing, W, <laughs> W. No, it was a wah noise, apparently. Wah. Wah. Wait, I didn't hear the you're wah. You're in your early 20s? Was he a Republican? Was he just trying to tell uh, you who to vote for? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, there you go. I saw that coming the second I saw said W noises. Anyways, that was my supposed... W noises. Terror. My, my supposed uh, Bigfoot experience mm. that I still don't believe was a Bigfoot experience. I'm pretty sure it was like... Uh, like in, well, yeah, something that was not happy about us being near its young. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's gonna come back and be like, Drew, we meet again. <laughs> it was you. Yeah. <laughs> well, we now live far enough away from there that it would be a long walk. Mm -hmm. I guess if you see a tall, hairy ape man hitchhiking along I-5. Give us a shout-out so we can be prepared. Well, I mean, this is Oregon, and Eugene is south of us. It's, you know. Uh -huh. that, that's oh, yeah, too yeah. vague a description. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Anyway. So, yeah, I mean, this, this episode of, of In Search Of is just kind of your standard overall Bigfoot episode. But I believe at the time... There really wasn't a lot of coverage about the subject, so this would have been one of the only outlets in the late seventies. And um, I'm trying to remember. There was a was couple the Patterson of like... Gimlet footage. Yeah. Before uh, this. No, no, it was they. They had clips from it. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I thought so. Yeah. yeah, I mean, those are the classic, the and classic Bigfoot footage that everybody knows. Yeah. I think. Where Bigfoot's walking uh, I, through the woods. My favorite is that 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 expert they have on there who's like, well, you just couldn't you couldn't get a man in a suit like this. The shoulders are too broad. Oh, yeah. The strides too wide. I was like, oh god, come on, dude. Yeah, really? Which my instant reaction was, this guy hasn't seen Harry and the Hendersons yet. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, yeah. it's impossible to add prostheses to make shoulders broader. You know, mm -hmm. add extensions to limbs to make them look longer. Yeah, it's impossible to do that. Or like, yeah, Peter Mayhew. Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> It's Peter Mayhew in the woods. <laughs> I'm used to it. P Peter Mayhew just got a, a little bit lost on a coffee break. <laughs> at about the right time. What was Thompson Gimlet? Uh, yeah, well, it would have been a little bit before A little Star bit Wars. before? Yeah. So it was... Apparently... Uh, George Lucas was just hanging he's out trying, with... Uh, trying out some trying costume, out some ideas. costume yeah. ideas. And if you're playing the Haunted Davenport drinking game at home... <laughs> yeah, there's a Star And Wars I am reference. drinking for that. Yeah, there then, we go. Uh, Star Wars reference. reference. There's your Star Wars reference. Well, there are some people that believe that there's... That UFO phenomenon is tied to Bigfoot phenomenon. Oh, yeah. And that Bigfoot that. might be an interdimensional space alien... 
aka Wookie. So Chewbacca could be. So one of the quote unquote Bigfoot experts they talked to is uh, Robert Byrne, and apparently I just looked it up, and he is ninety two. And apparently still still, oh. still looking for Bigfoot. Still looking for Bigfoot. As of a couple years ago, he had his 90th birthday and was still out and about looking for Bigfoot. I think he does tours that you can sign up for. I saw him in another documentary, a Bigfoot documentary, and he takes people out and, he, and they go looking for Bigfoot. And it's uh, it's pretty entertaining. Yeah. I feel I, like for him, if, if there are big feet out there, is that how you say plural for Bigfoot? Or Bigfoot. And, 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 you know, you want to just do a little kindness to a man who's been searching his whole life. Just sometime when he's alone, you could just wave at him a little before he goes on to his next adventure. You know, right. just do a kind of solid if yeah. you're there. Well, this, uh, this episode had a, an interesting angle I hadn't considered. They, um, they presented a few towns, uh, I think it was in southern Washington, right along the Columbia River, which is, mm-hmm. for those of you that aren't local, the Columbia River separates southern Washington from northern Oregon for a stretch of like 200 miles or so. Um, it's a beautiful area. It is, it is wonderful. If you're ever looking for a tourist destination, I'm plugging the uh, Columbia River Gorge. And it there's a Stonehenge great. replica. There an is. exact one there. Oh, I forgot. So yeah, on the exact uh, latitude, too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, not in ruins. It, it lines up perfectly during the solstices and everything. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's cool. They have, like, big parties out in the solstices. <laughs> and, like, the locals like, kind of always playfully joke about it because they won't go there for the parties. Yeah. So they just assume it's just giant orgies. Mm -hmm. Probably. It's too windy to have an orgy there. That gorge (laughs) wind whips right through there. It's insane. And there's nothing, like, blocking any of it. Yeah, it's it's, it's high desert out there. It's just, it's windy as all hell. Great kite surfing. There's um, like two trees in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back but to yeah. Bigfoot. Um, but there, there's apparently a town along the river that has uh, a law, which is a $10,000 fine and up to five years in jail if anyone is found guilty of shooting a Bigfoot. Um, and there's apparently some discussion about, you know, people who take this seriously, um, and I mean more seriously than, you know, obviously someone who just believes in Bigfoot would, but they're saying the only way to get verifiable proof of it is to shoot one and bring a carcass in. And there are a lot of people who are, you know, uh, trying to play an environmentally friendly angle and saying, well, no, they're, you know, if there are Bigfoot, then there's probably not that many of them and shooting them would be, you know, amoral and we might be causing the extinction of a race that we're just coming into contact with. That's um, right. I, uh, I, Robert Burns says something about, you know, if if we shoot one, what if that's the last one? Yeah. And then it cuts immediately to the other guy. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah, yeah, he's like, like well, if we, we shoot it. Have- and it goes extinct, but no one believed in it, then what's the point anyway? They yeah. didn't believe in it. There's, there have been tons of species we never even knew about that have gone extinct, and what does it matter? It's like, oh, dude, that's, wow, <laughs> all right. Uh-huh. Let's go eat a Galapagos tortoise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Here they're delicious. But yeah, so I, I, I hadn't considered that angle of it before. You know, I'd always just thought of people having personal experiences and having anecdotes and stories, but there are people actively out there looking for one to shoot it and bring a carcass in and be the famous guy who brought in a dead Bigfoot. So. I feel like those people are unsafe to be around because it... what if they overzealously just saw a shape and shot right. at it and yeah. then there's, you know, 
somebody out in the woods, a hunter, a hiker, or something. And some they were too what tall. Was, what was that? What was that line that that guy said that he, he wanted? We wanted to discourage shooting at Bigfoot because what if it was just a uh, an unusual human? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, peculiar human. Peculiar. Yeah, a <laughs> big, big, eight foot tall, hairy guy running around in the woods. Don't shoot at him. Then, you know, then Andre you the Giant yeah, probably went totally. on camping trips. Oh, totally. There's a there's a movie coming out with Sam Elliott. It's uh it's called literally the man. Uh, <coughs> it it is called the man who sh- the man who killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot. Hmm. That's the title. title. The man yeah. who killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot, and it's some independent. It's Sam Elliott. Yeah, it was Sam Elliott. Kind of me intrigued, all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. all I had to say was Sam Elliott. I really. don't know what it, like it. It was at a film festival, but it, it got kind of good reviews, so they're kind of working on some kind of a big release for it. But it sounds amazing, you know. The thing I kind of like about sorry, just completely. Oh no, moving totally. on. I like I like about some of these legends that some people are trying to take a, a scientific view of it and say like oh these are the, there's a species of Bigfoot or something. I'm of the view that all of these monsters is just the one of them and they've been around for goddamn ever. Yeah. And I like to think you know Bigfoot's like a 500 year old or like oh, 800 yeah, totally. year old guy, Loch Ness monster, supernatural. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wandering around in the woods doing its thing. He's like a Dracula. <laughs> exactly, a Dracula. <laughs> He's a Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> He got left behind by the other Wookiees. Uh-huh. Well, he got distracted by some Reese's Pieces. He yep. was on a mission. Yep. It's well known that Wookiees live for thousands of years. Exactly. Thanks to our yellow sun, which they don't have on their home planet. We was they out, live for thousands of years. There we go. <laughs> we was out in the woods, and a fellow came up in a cravat, and my friend said, <laughs> I think... I think that is a Dracula. <laughs> not, not the Dracula. Just a Dracula. Dracula. <laughs> we didn't have no film in our cameras. We, we so. tried shooting him. <laughs> he was very nice. Yeah. But we tried shooting him anyway. We offered him some alcohol and he said he didn't drink wine. So. This is taking a turn. <laughs> that's, Found that's, ourselves a Dracula. That's the Bigfoot episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bigfoot is a Dracula. All right. Well, before we leave Bigfoot, um, when I was a kid, I had a friend. Her dad and her brother would always go camping once a year for several weeks at a time to try and find Bigfoot. Hmm. And I was always curious about their camping trips, but she refused to talk about it because it was so embarrassing to her. And she was so upset that her dad and her brother believed in Bigfoot. (laughs) Like, full-heartedly believed. Like, they would set up, like, a base camp, and they would, like, go around and, like, leave food in different spots, and they'd go around with, like, you know, high-speed cameras, stuff Mm -hmm. like that, you know. Well, I'm I'm open to the idea, although I do think it's unlikely. And I think probably a lot of bears have been misidentified. Yeah. But... Well, there's that cool footage of that... Because bears do crazy things. Remember... There's a foot. There's footage somewhere um, of a three-legged bear. Oh yeah, he just and it's like missing a, like a the front paw. 
Yeah. So it often just for ease of getting around stands upright and oh, walks on its hind legs. Oh, and, and it's like, adorable. Yeah. Non three-legged bears walk on their hind legs every yeah. once in a while. You just don't see them do it for long distances. Yeah. And the first time I saw the footage, you showed it to me. Yeah. And I didn't know what she was showing me, and I was like, "Oh my God, is this Bigfoot that's, footage?" That's Bigfoot. And like it just looked like your classic Bigfoot footage, and yeah. I'm always like. There could just be people that happen to see a bear walking by on its hind legs for <laughs> yeah, one reason just... or another. And, like, you know, usually when you see a bear, you only see it for, like, a half second and they disappear. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. creatures of the woods are really good at hiding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I don't think anyone else in the room's probably hunted. But, like, when you're hunting and you spot something and you're like, okay, I'm going to go get that now... Once you've lost sight of it, it's gone. It's yeah. you're not finding it right. again because it's like two bounds and then it's behind a bush and then it's gone. Yeah, you know. So like, yeah, you see a bear walk by on its hind legs and then it crouches back down and disappears. You're not seeing that bear again, but you didn't see it walking on all fours. It was confusing, and you just saw Bigfoot. Right. Well, I know that yeah. that a lot of the experts that they interview on different programs will say. That the proportions of a Bigfoot have, you know, like, much longer legs than a bear, and there's more of and, a man and, and or an, an ape-like and, yeah. structure. But when you're camping, and it's late at night, and especially if you're in the Pacific Northwest... And you've eaten there's, some questionable mushrooms. <laughs> there's a really, really yeah. strong possibility that that tall, furry creature that you see is some, you know... Some species of bear. We've got a few different kinds around here. Nope. But also, you know, I don't know. There could be something we haven't discovered that's out there that we don't know about. That's not totally unfeasible. People still get lost in the woods around here. Oh, yeah. Even though on the Blair Witch Project they say no one gets lost in the woods anymore. Oh, like, are you uh, No, multiple people die every year. No. Yeah. Yeah. The woods are, are lovely but dangerous. Yeah, always, the, ca- always carry a compass, you know. Tell the people, people that wrote that movie have never been to the Pacific Northwest yeah. and hung out for an entire year and watched it, the news. It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is it, is it, aren't the woods in the Blair Witch, aren't they only like five acres or something? It's like something really small. Well, they're East Coast woods, so they're much right. more conquered. It's yeah. in between the town. It's like the woods where I had my Bigfoot experience where it's like a 16, oh, yeah. 16, uh, 16 mile yeah, diameter. Well, yeah. <laughs> you're, not, you're not wandering around in the uh, the Great Willamette Forest. Anymore. Right, as long as you yeah. keep walking in one direction for a day, you hit a house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, shall we go back in the water? Sure. Back in, to the water. Into Canadian water Ooh, this o- time. Ogopogo. Yeah. Ogopogo. Yeah. yeah. I always love the name the name of this one. Um Ogopogo. Alright, so the next episode we watched of In Search of was from season two, episode eight, In Search of the Ogopogo Monster. Yeah. And Ogopogo is a lake monster from Lake Okanaga in British Columbia. Another uh, Pacific Northwest Southwest local. Pogo mm. Pogo is my favorite Genesis album. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Ogo Pogo was the precursor to Oingo Boingo. There you go. Ah, yeah, the yeah, Mystic, right. the mystic yes. Knights of Ogo Pogo. That's right. <laughs> so this was this was a, a kind of a fun one just because uh, it was 
we were watching this and, and thinking, wow, we could just go there. That's not that far away. It'd be yeah. fun to go see. It's, it, it's not a long drive. Yeah, yeah. Although less scotch is involved, so. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, Vancouver, BC isn't that far. I've made that drive from further south from where we are now, mm -hmm. and it's really beautiful. It's a beautiful area. It's a beautiful drive. Yeah. So we should do that sometime. We should go on a mission. Maybe we could record sure. record results. I was, I was just thinking on an investigation. We, could, we could do a Hunt and Davenport road show where we look for Bigfoot oh, yeah. and no-go pogo. Sure. Well, yeah. when I was <laughs> when I was seven, my family went on like a big uh, Canadian trip, and we went to we went to BC. We went to uh, BC and uh, Alberta. Yeah. So we went through, and we went to Okanagan. We we later went to. Uh, Edmonton and uh, uh, some of the Badlands area. There's the Terrell Museum of, uh, of Paleontology. They have a giant dinosaur skeleton. And I'm seven and I'm like freaking out. It's, it was the best ever. But we went to we went to Lake Okanagan and and we looked pretty hard for for Ogopogo. Uh, I just spent the remainder of that time just like looking out the window constantly. And, yeah. And uh, it was fun. We did not see anything. No. But um You weren't one of the people in the crowd in the parking I, lot. You're right. I think um I think I the probably the parking lot interview. I yeah, I, yeah. I think it's it's seven years old, you know, probably my parents um probably wouldn't let me drink enough to <laughs> to, to yeah. have my own Ogobogo story. But but it was fun. You could definitely tell that it's funny when you see how a small town can kind of exist on its own um, mythos just like its economy oh, yeah. its yeah. economy exists solely because of its its local monster its local weird story hmm. kind of want to move there now yeah. it's, it's good there was um i remember in the gift shops they had little canned like canned soup mm -hmm. but it was a ogopogo in a can uh, and you shook it like there's water in it and there's like a rock or something like planks around but i really wanted one yeah. yeah. I bet you the gift shops at places that are famous for the lake monsters sell the Loch Ness monster soup ladle. Oh, probably. Probably. Uh, oh, I bet to. they do now. They yeah. make a tea infuser. Sorry, I was I, I was looking on Amazon during one of the episodes. <laughs> Is that kicker one that Adding to my wish yeah. list. Yeah, they make a whole set. You can get a colander. Those are cute. And they're tech, adorable. Yeah. And then they look like they're, you know, they're swimming around. Cryptid, cryptid action in your soup pot. <laughs> Yeah. Crypto soupology. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's adorable and tasty. Mm. I also one of the things that jumped out at me in this episode Mikey is likes it. that, and at the point when this episode aired, I think the only no noted author about Ogopogo was a woman named Mary Moon, and she put out a book called Ogopogo in 1977. She looked like a Mary Moon too. She's also a vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> Hence the Dead Eye Dick song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, in case <laughs> no, anyone's wondering why we're, we're Weird laughing. Weird 90s reference. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Not how many Google 90s it. people are. <laughs> I love that song. I had that tape. That was a great soundtrack, though. <laughs> the entire soundtrack yeah. to Dumb and Dumber is, like, really, really good. See, hmm. I always think of it as they, they sampled that little clip from it for, like, MTV's... Uh, MTV News for the longest time. So that's where I first knew it from. Yeah. And then, yeah, the sound. It's a great song. It's a cute mm -hmm. song. Mm -hmm. Google that, folks. It's mm -hmm. really good.
for all you youngsters it's out called, there. The song is called New Age Girl, mm-hmm. but it's like about Mary I Moon. She's Anyways. a vegetarian. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure it's a different Mary Moon than the one who wrote Pogo Pogo. Or maybe, maybe it's, it's not. not. Yeah. We don't know. That's another in search of the real Mary Moon. So, you know, <laughs> we could also... Her real name is Bar- Mary... Uh, Mary Donovich. Or yeah. <laughs> we could also go out and visit our own Oregon Lake Monster in Wallawa Lake in the northeast corner of Oregon, which we have not been to yet. Supposedly... There's a lake there, and I learned that from one of my favorite books of Oregon lore called Oregon's Ghosts and Monsters by Mm -hmm. Mike Helm. And if you are local and you're interested in some weird history and ghost stories and local legends with monsters, I highly recommend picking it up. Yeah, don't mess with the bandage, man. Oh, no. It's good fun. Good, clean fun. Good, clean fun. So, yeah, Pogo is described to be fairly similar to... Nessie, and there's many, many other lake monsters sort of in the northern hemisphere. They say around that same sort of region of as far as climate mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, basically all across North America and well, I mean, into you know, Europe. Washington and Oregon and Vancouver, B.C. all have a ton of lakes, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. so it's a ripe ground for monster sightings. And then there's that documentary, Crater Lake Monster. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> that documentary with the really great special effects. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I think we just acquired that on, on yeah. Blu-ray or DVD. Really? So, Crater Lake brain Monster brain. is a, a 70s? 70s, 70s yeah. uh, horror film? Uh, stop motion animation by Jim yeah. Danforth. Which mm-hmm. they... Who also worked, I think, <laughs> on Laser Blast. They, oh, uh, another they, classic. They digitally remastered it, which makes the footage fantastic, except for the one problem that they didn't understand um, the process of day for night. Oh! And so when they digitally remastered it, they oh. made all the day for night scenes they cleaned it up, color it corrected, oh, and so they were no longer blue, they were just day for day. Yeah. Oh, you're kidding me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. So there's a bunch of people talking about like the great moon out there and it's literally just, just daylight. middle of the oh, day action going on. Oh, yeah. No. So they lost all their day for night scenes. Hmm. Which is weird. Like you would think if you're the one digitally remastering something, you would stop to like watch the movie and actually understand yeah, what's going on. That's where they were, yeah. Because, I mean, Day for Night is always really obvious, but... I may, I personally love Day for Night. I There's love Day some for kind Night. of, no, like, No, weird, I love Day for Night, especially but it's in... You think that they would keep it, like, be like, oh, I know this doesn't look really real, but... Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, you'd have to keep, keep it. with it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, um, when you're going to clean up a, a film and restore it, it'd be nice if you knew contextually what was happening within yeah, that film right. before you like tinker with it. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Maybe. I love those summertime nights where the moon is really, really, really full and it's like day for night. Like mm-hmm. you can literally read by the moonlight. Like, oh, yeah. Last week. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, so there's like a, there's a whole lot more to talk about Ogopogo <laughs> other than it's cool that there's this monster in Canada and it's not that far from us. Well, that, we can go look and, for and there's some people that have seen him, what was it, like 20 times? 20 or something? Yeah, there were a lot of... Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There were a lot of interviews with locals. We found out that he just likes the sound of our boat. (laughs) Yeah. 
And there there's was a guy who claimed he saw it 50 times. It was like, I don't yeah, that was the maybe, guy. Maybe the 35th time you would establish some kind of a relationship. With you <laughs> yeah, like, right. It would come over for start, tea. Start or maybe stop drinking. Yeah. <laughs> and he, That's when the Boating and drinking is not safe. He's just trying to make people aware about boat safety. <laughs> there were a oh, lot of people compared to Loch Ness Monster, though. There were a lot of people who claims to have, who claimed to have seen Ogopogo. The, the, well, the be... sightings are a lot more recent and yeah. more like condensed well, to more, the, more recent times. The talk must have made it around the town because they must have said, like, who's seen Ogopogo? Because there's like 40 people in that parking lot. Oh, yeah. Right. Small, oh, small think... town news travels fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think my theory here is, um, we didn't touch on it, and I just popped back in my head, and the Bigfoot episode, one of the interviews is out a guy's car window. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, my theory on that one was they, <laughs> were, awesome. they were filming in the woods, some guy slows down, and he's like, what are you guys doing out here? And they go, oh, we're filming a series about, you know, Bigfoot. He's like, oh, I got a Bigfoot story for you, you know? <laughs> and then gives his interview and I think the same thing happened like they're out there looking for Ogopogo and they're in town in a very small town and people get wind of it mm -hmm. and they're like you know in a parking lot of the thrift and save and <laughs> then like they're like oh does anyone have an Ogopogo story and you know in a small mm -hmm. town whose business they be all on thrives on Ogopogo and they want to yeah. be on TV and they want to be on TV they got to all tell their story yep. so oh, that everyone comes yeah. to town and buys their Ogopogo t-shirts true well, they said they even got pranked at one point, right? So yeah, <laughs> during during their visit, yeah. enough people in town knew that they were filming there that somebody put a series of car tires out in the in the lake that were half submerged, so it looked like a serpentine bat going yep. in and out of the water. Well, Which is pretty genius. It's pretty it looks really good. It looked yeah. really good, yeah, from a distance. There, well, there's a statue <laughs> recreation that you can go see that's supposedly not to scale. It says mm. Oh, on the side. yeah. But it's, you can go um, go look at it. But I was just going to say, there is a there's a oh, really yeah? really entertaining and one of my favorite episodes of the X Files, <laughs> which I think we should also maybe do a cryptid episode where we cover cryptid episodes of the X Files. Oh, sure. There's a few really blue. good ones. But yeah, the the one with Big Blue, it's called I believe the episode's called Quagmire, and it's totally. You know, it revolves around investigating a lake monster, but I, I think more than anything, it's probably riffing on Ogopogo, especially because the X-Files was filmed in B.C. Oh, yeah. For such a long yeah. time. It was filmed and, right around the corner. Yeah, so, <laughs> so they probably knew all about it, but it definitely has that small town feel, and mm -hmm. it's, you know, the, the summer tourist season, and you got all the local characters. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think that's... If, if you're an X-Files fan and you've seen that one and you're interested in lake monsters after listening to this, that's one to go revisit or see if you've never seen before. It's a standalone Monster of the Week episode, so you could just jump right in. You don't have to know the entire ongoing mythology of the X-Files. But I think that's one that I would really like to cover down the road just because it's a really fun episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and I think, I think clearly... This legend mm -hmm. inspired that inspired episode directly, that. way more so than the Loch Ness Monster. Yeah. Well, there are, there are supposedly a lot of parallels between uh, Ogopogo and the Loch Ness Monster. You know, they're, they're roughly at the same latitude. The lakes are roughly the same size, roughly the same depth, et cetera, et cetera. 
the coast. close to the coastline. Closely, although although the lake there, they had a scientist talking about the lake that Ogopogo lives in, and he was saying that that lake hasn't existed as long as Loch Ness has existed because the the lake is not connected to the ocean really. Right. Um, and this lake was formed after the last big ice age melt, which means that it probably mm. isn't a dinosaur because the lake's only been there for what like ten twenty thousand years. Right. Um, and as far as we know, we didn't have any dinosaurs. Maybe it's Nessie, and Nessie can teleport. That's true. And there Nessie's just go. like, sometimes <laughs> I yeah, summer in Canada. It's part of the rift. Yeah, it's part of the rift. Mm -hmm. it, 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 it appears in similarly sized lakes. Yeah. Yeah, the episodes were, were similar, and yet the accents were very different. They were. <laughs> <laughs> Very different, very different accents. Uh, we're getting beers. <laughs> so, I had my two on. I think we're, I think we're ready to move on from Ogopogo. Pogo. We're gonna go you, see. You don't, uh, don't want to get okay. sore with this accent action. No, I like the accent action. We're gonna go see our lady Pisa and uh, and Nickelback. And... We do occasionally get listeners from Canada, just, you know, uh, didn't, so you know. Didn't I'm half Canadian, so I can make that joke. It's okay. Joke. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Didn't, didn't Nickelback marry Avril Lavigne or something? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. What, the whole band? No. Yes. <laughs> They're weird marriages. <laughs> I don't know the guy's name. No, it's Nickelback. He's she, Nickelback. Yeah, what's his name for Nickelback? They, they, Nickelback. It's like they a peeing your wagon situation. I, I think they're divorced now. Oh, but didn't they have a kid? We were discussing, I was Wait, discussing it with somebody at work the other day. is he the skater boy from her one hit oh, wonder no. song, Skater Boy? No. See you later, boy? No. He's going to be like the new Canadian pop. This is entirely no, at, too at, much Nickelback At work we were talking about like, needs to stop. they're both not good musicians, but genius in selling pop, mm -hmm. you know? Oh, uh, so just had good their child will be like, kind of like Miley Cyrus, you know, where it's like the pop oh, icon child. Yeah. Actually, I bet he turns out to be like an avant-garde composer that's like genius. Right? But not, not recognized during his lifetime. Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's the new Philip Glass. Yes! <laughs> Or yes. a, a jazz savant. And he dresses know. like like Mike Myers in Sprocket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Everyone dance. Jazz savant. All right. Okay, so. Swamp thing. Space moving right along. Thanks, Canada. <laughs> I love Canada. Mm, get some Molson's, eh? Mm. Stop. <laughs> so we also, for, we briefly checked out uh and in search of episode from season three called Monster Hunters, in search of Monster Hunters. But it was pretty clear <laughs> early on that it was a rehash of all the other previously aired cryptozoological programs. It, it, so it, it needed Leonard Nimoy to be like, Remember that time when we did that? <laughs> yeah, it was right. the clip show of In Search of, yeah. as far as... And, I, and I'm wondering... Just missing a, a weird segue that somehow he was locked in a... a uh, in a cabin or something, oh, yeah, yeah. like, yeah. snowed in and, like, remember the time we were also on another lake and we found... <laughs> he's in the Bigfoot trap. Right, yeah, he got stuck <laughs> in the Bigfoot he's trap. He's reminiscing. Trap. He's reminiscing. No, I mean, he they flashes just, back to Star Trek. Which is, there's nothing wrong with that, but if you... If you're gonna watch and binge out on a bunch of In Search Of and maybe you're in a cryptid mood... Maybe I would maybe say watch this one first since it's just like highlights of all the other episodes because if you watch all the other cryptid episodes, you've already seen 
all of the material yeah. that's presented here, so it's not really necessary. You could skip this one. Um, so we Which moved is on. What we did. Yeah, we decided to stick to one, you know, another episode that focuses on just one creature. And we went through all of the seasons of the original series. There's a couple revival incarnations of this show, but we'll talk about that at the end. Um, and as far as I could tell, there are only four episodes out of the whole original series that focus primarily on cryptids, which surprised me because I could have sworn there was like a Jersey Devil episode well, and we... maybe an Abominable Snowman. Yeah. There, I, we didn't find there those. Had to have been so, a, it's yeah. really surprising there isn't a Yeti episode because they mentioned the Yeti in the Swamp Man episode. Yeah. But they don't, they don't, they apparently don't have a full on Yeti episode Which makes itself. me wonder if maybe they did and we just didn't see it because we were going by title names when we were choosing right. what we were going to yeah. pick for tonight. So well, the, we may have missed one. one. There's another one. There's, um, Mokile Mabembe in, uh, Africa. Okay. Although I don't quite remember. <laughs> I mean, I wish I could be more specific than Africa, but... Like uh, what part? Maybe, yeah. maybe, um, Congo. It's not but like it's that big of a country. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. is it, is it like a... Sorry, yeah, like a rain, country. like a rainforest-dwelling creature? Or it's, uh, so it a is, desert? uh... <laughs> I would say it's part of Africa in turmoil. Oh, uh, yeah. That's everywhere. But, uh, it's, uh, another kind of a lake monster that... Okay. Is sort of like sauropod in nature. Oh, uh, oh okay. Although I've, I've read recently that it's, I mean, it could be a rhinoceros story, yeah. or it could be, but but there've been expeditions expeditions over the years of uh, looking for this this creature in Africa. Okay. Well, so I wonder maybe there there might be an episode of that. Yeah, possibly. Um, or one of my favorites, uh, chupacabra. Oh, Chupacabra, right. yeah. Which, uh, there's a really good episode of, uh, it's kind of a nature-y, science-y show. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Dexter's Lab. <laughs> oh! Um, okay. Really good episode right, with yes. uh, Chupacabra in that. All right. <laughs> Dexter's Lab. Save it for next May. There um, we go. I don't know if Dexter's Lab's old enough. No, it's not, but we're going to do Courage the Cowardly Dog. Yeah, Courage the Cowardly Dog. Stay so, tuned. <laughs> yeah, stay tuned for almost a year from now. <laughs> so the, the last, our final break. episode of In Search Of was from Season 2, Episode 16, and it's In Search Of the Swamp Monster. And this focused on the Honey Island Swamp in Louisiana that you can get tours to this day and go check out the swamp and see all the local flora and fauna and I think that would be really fun bring your mosquito repellent yeah. um and but it it focused mainly on sightings by uh, a local resident Harlan Ford who first recorded a sighting in I believe 1963 um and they had a lot of they had extensive interviews with him um more so than anyone else but they I'm maybe remembering this wrong since we watched all these episodes back to back was he the one who was sewing the costume to reenact oh, the creature. That was, uh, no, that was, was a different. William that was a different Navy. guy. Okay. Yeah, different yes. guy. So one of the one of the people who saw this creature, which was supposed to be Michael Nahe, sorry. Sort of like a I don't know, like a swamp ape type, Bigfoot type, mm -hmm. upright bipedal creature. Yeah, basically. I mean, kind of like how you have the Tex Arcana mm -hmm. Bigfoot that's featured in Legend of Boggy Creek. Cajun um, Bigfoot. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, if you wanna... So, 
It's not Sling Blade. <laughs> I'm running around for titers. No. No. Uh. Rain it back in. Okay, so there's this really bizarre footage of this guy who's seen the creature and he goes out and continues to hunt for him, but he's trying to make a realistic costume mm -hmm. of the creature, but they don't explain what the costume is for. If he's going to go out there with it on and try and recreate the steps to try and understand the monster better, or right. if he's going to try to attract it in some kind of weird decoy animal scenario. Maybe it's just really elaborate cosplay but the, before cosplay was made. Yeah, it was a very furry outfit. We were making jokes about the movie Pottersville because it's kind of... Which is a great Bigfoot movie if you want to go down <laughs> some Bigfoot movies. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so he makes this furry outfit and the face of it sort of looked like a gray, silver... Uh, it, it, it looked like a Yeti to me. I thought, well, kind of like a Yeti mixed with an Ewok. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of an Ewok well, I was curious about look. it because it looked like he was making a... It looked like he was making a fairly human-looking foot, but I thought then they had the castings of the swamp monster and it was... It had three, yeah. like, lizard kind of claws. Yeah, it did. The, the prince yeah. were three-toed, but he wasn't going... Well, you know, there's different encounters. Sure, sure. <laughs> it had three Di toes, I know that. Accounts vary. Well, it was like, um... Different toes for If you watch the movie Willow Creek, <clears throat> they got one thing about it because, um, Bobcat is really into the Bigfoot stuff and he gets into it and like goes and to meetings and things and there's Bigfoot people that have arguments back and forth on like different Bigfoot things. I forget what the really big one is. It's something about like how he smells or like what he noises he makes or something. But like they'll get like really into like brawls about it because they're like no yeah yeah it's like, like regionally it's like, you get different reports it's like no he doesn't have red hair that's insane why would bigfoot have red hair and it's like okay guys no one has the photo you're all just like going off of you know and who's to yeah. say that if these creatures exist that they wouldn't look different in different regions just right. like other animals that yeah. you know no, oh, there's, totally. a, there's another documentary yep. that I, I cannot remember the name of it but robert byrne is in it along with a couple other bigfoot researchers and there's a guy i wish i could remember his name he's polish or german or something and he's a bigfoot expert and so his theories are always the really extreme and he'll talk about the sexual uh habits of bigfoot because because he's got to set himself apart from everybody else so he has these really controversial like, <laughs> there's probably a fetish group for that oh yeah probably. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Anyway. speaking of cosplay and furries yeah Ooh. oh no that killed the flow of the room yep. <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's what? not a note I want to end on, yeah. that's for sure. Well, I, I was interested in the, uh, but anyways, doing the three casting. toes and full yeah. toes. Yeah, yeah, because then he was saying, like, well, so he's he's showing the castings of some of the feet, and, mm -hmm. and he's Was that little... in that one, or was that in the Bigfoot one? That they, was they the did castings in both. In both episodes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. the Swan Monster had the, uh, the three-toed in the front, right. it was more lizard-like. He was like, well, uh, you know, given the, the depth of the track and everything, and I'm trying to do, I'm no expert, but I'm trying mm -hmm. to do my own 
calculation calculations and I'm thinking, well, it looks kind of like light, like you know, it would it it would be it wouldn't weigh that much, right? You know, but then but then he's like, well, I think it's about four hundred pounds, and I was like, oh, okay, well, that thing would on two legs, that thing would sink right in the mud. Yeah, that's kind of what I was curious. Lizard like they're usually built more. I mean. A, well, it said it had webbed feet too, so mm. it could be the webbed feet. Or oh yeah, oh could be down too far. Could be. But like I was telling you guys earlier, every time I watch one of these and they start inspecting footprints and things, I always instantly start thinking of if I were to fake Bigfoot tracks in the woods, how would I do it? Yeah. And like, yeah. how elaborate could I get? And Right. And telling... how long would I wait until telling people that nope, that was me. Here, right. Let me show you how I did well, it. So you had the you had the great theory about like a bone structure and the movement of bone of foot to make. Oh yeah. If make... you had someone that does like high end costuming puppetry type yeah. stuff, mm-hmm. you could totally make some super realistic. Because foot because tracks. your foot your feet. Your the bones of your feet, your muscle would leave a different imprint each time. And right. then Andy said that you know maybe if you worked on stilts too, you could impersonate the gait yep. of a larger creature. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot of factors involved that you yep. know maybe people in the seventies we could start a hoax. Of course, the fact that we're recording our hoax right now kind of puts a damper on that. I used to be good at you faking know, deer tracks as a kid. Never yeah. underestimate. The it was people. a favorite pastime of mine when I was about eight, nine years old. My cousin and I would go out on my grandparents' property in Eastern Oregon, and we knew that later in the day there would be the family evening walk, and my grandmother would get excited when she'd see deer. And I don't know why we faked tracks, because there were real tracks all over the place, but we would add tracks to the road and make them go weird places. And she'd get excited and be like, oh, that's so fun. And we'd do little plaster of Paris molds of, of actual deer tracks. Mm-hmm. Those, you know, things you do. It was, it was before the internet, you know. Yeah, right. You make your own fun. Yeah. And, and, you know. Long we, before the internet, we, we made fun in other ways. Yes. Yes, we did. We played in the dirt. <laughs> That's what we did. It was the eighties, man. I've seen I've seen children fight over a stick. <laughs> yeah. That's my stick. Actually, no, it's my stick. They had willow trees, and around that time, the movie Willow had come out, and I was obsessed with getting a willow branch so I could have a willow wand because I wanted to go around and conjure things. I've been meaning mm. to check that movie out for some time, and then I, I heard recently that it doesn't hold up, but I don't believe that. No, no, it's good. It's good. Yeah. It's good reading. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. yeah. yeah. Like it's in that, uh, Is that Warwick Davis? Yeah, and yeah. And Bill, oh, and Billy yeah. Barty. Yeah. yeah. I seem to remember it was pretty great. Yeah. yeah, no, I saw it in the theater when it came out. It still holds up. It's good. It's really fun to see on the big screen, too. Oh, That's one thing. Sometimes people have an amazing theater experience when they're young, and then they just, for the rest of their life, they see it on a smaller screen, and I think sometimes you lose a bit of the quality of the experience as the screen gets smaller. Like, like The Dark Crystal, for example, that's one I loved as a child, and I saw it on the big screen for the first time in my early 20s, and... I knew it was a very highly detailed set with costumes, but there were so many details that I missed because mm. I was always looking well, at it on a television that, set. If you can hear that score and, like, surround sound, 
Mm. I think it's, a, it's great. I think this is a, a universally panned movie, and I may actually be the only person on Earth who actually likes it, but the Speed Racer live-action movie they made... Oh, I saw oh, that in theater. It is an experience in theaters. It's wonderful. It's like a ride. I never saw it that. Is, that. I wanted to. insane. That should be a ride. It is. And, well, there's and, some movies that are designed to be on the yeah, big screen. Yeah, and it's supposed to be on the big screen, if you, and if you watch it on a smaller screen, because I have, and it's just not the same ride. Huh. No. It's different. You don't get the same epileptic seizure. No, you don't. Well, and, and you <laughs> kind of on par with Tron. It is. Yeah, it, yeah, Tron. yeah, Tron. It's another or, movie like that. Oh, uh, uh, we watched um, The Thing on the big screen. Oh, oh yeah. God. On the big screen, the cinematography in that movie is amazing. Mm-hmm. So intense. And, uh every time I watch it, I like to keep it a few years in between because there's that scene with the blood and yes. they're testing it. Yeah. And I purposely let myself forget. I always who, forget, yeah. Who yeah. it is. So Who's it's always one? tense every time. God, it, like, it's such a great scene. Yeah. That whole movie just oh so much tension. Right? Anyway. <laughs> so... And then when the Loch Ness Monster and Bigfoot and <laughs> and the creature from the Black Lagoon show up in that movie. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. There we go. That was that was our tie in. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, uh, to wrap up, I thought I'd talk about the newer incarnations briefly of In Search Of, just because it's interesting to me. In Search Of, new things to talk about. The ones that aren't ancient aliens? In Search Of Chemicals they put in the water to make the freaking frogs gay. (laughs) (laughs) Your preoccupation with Alex Jones. That might have to be a new drinking game. It should be. Uh, I I honestly, I didn't know who he was, and then when I learned who he was, I I was just baffled. I was like, this man is like a more insane version of Rush Limbaugh. Yeah. Yeah. Or or he's he's the new Glenn Beck, basically. Uh, Just makes me think. But he's he's light years beyond that. He's just, he's absolutely insane. It's hard to it's hard to tear your eyes away from it. Well, I think that's really where his popularity comes from. That he's so insane and batshit that people just watch to see what inane nonsense he'll spout out and watch him have a tantrum. Yeah, I hope that's why they watch him. Uh, well, I think it's fifty fifty. Yeah. I think I yeah. think I think some people well, are watching what, for the spectacle, for the Jerry Springer nature of it all, crazy, and, yeah. and then I think there are sadly people who are buying buying Never. what he's selling. The only thing I know about him is secondhand hearsay. Yeah. yeah. You're not and every much. time people talk about it, I just think of the Dead Milkman song, Stuart. I don't <laughs> know if you know that song. No, I It's don't. all about an insane redneck ranting about what the queers are doing to the soil. Oh, and, no. and Burrow Owls. And Burrow Owls. Burrow Owls. I just know the one, a bitch in Camaro. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I, drove some... to, I drove to Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some really good Dead Milkman song out there. Check out the Dead Milkman, kids. <laughs> Google that. Yeah, Google that. Your, you mean your mom? Leslie, Google Dead Milkman? Uh, she's... Wow. Oh, yeah, I mean, we I used just to play, play it for... I used to play that in the house all the time. She's heard the Dead Milkman. She, she may not remember it. She let me know the that there Milkman. hasn't been an episode in two months, which, which I forgot to mentioned earlier in the show we did take a little bit of a break it was somewhat unplanned because our schedules all got away from us yeah and then it also became insanely hot yeah. if, right. if you don't and... live in oregon let me just explain what happened in the last month it was really 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 awfully hot 
And we're not used to that here. And we're not used... Right, exactly. We're not used to it. I know you guys in other parts of the country probably are like, well, shut up. We have 120 degrees here. We don't have central area in our window AC unit, which does help keep the heat down. It's really loud. So we weren't going to sit here and sweat in a room or sit here and be cool while there's a droning mechanical sound in the background. <laughs> yeah. Because We're that doesn't make the, for good episodes. We're kind of the end of the heat wave, and yet we still we got a window open, and I am podcasting shirtless, people. Woo! Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Drew kind of looks like... Uh, We're going to get an explicit tag on Drew kind of looks like uh, <laughs> Charlton Heston in Planet of the Apes right now. Oh yeah, or or, uh, or uh, the other guy and uh, shirtless and bearded. Yeah. Or, or the same. The, you know, the sequel has that other guy that's like not Charlton Heston, but. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, do you do you get an explicit tag in iTunes for saying the f word? So we say the f word a couple times, don't we? Do we? I don't know. It, I think it, we say poop a lot. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna guess it's like the MMPA where you're allowed like twice, but three times. Yeah, yeah, it's too many. Too many I I have no idea. You're allowed no idea. once at a PG so, thirteen. We'll we'll find out. I think it's I think it's. That's actually one of my copacetic, unless it's really ex- like excessive or people come. You ever seen the movie yeah. Be Cool? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in Be Cool, in the very beginning of it, they're like, "Do you know that?" You can only say fuck one time in a PG-13 movie. You can't say it ever again and not get, you know, an R rating. And that's, they have a PG-13. That's the only one in the entire movie. All right. So, bringing it back around to In Search of... Yeah. Um, I'm out, so let's finish this. (laughs) In in 2002, there was a short-lived revival of In Search of on the Sci-Fi Channel, and it was... Hosted by, I'm going to botch his name, uh, Mitch Pleagy. Am I saying I, I that right? I think it's Pelagi. Pelagi. Okay. Think. See, it's been a lot. phalanges. <laughs> okay, let me finish. Mitch Pelagi. If you're you bored, how do you pronounce your name? Hit us up. Before you go down some weird rabbit hole about that, can I please finish this? <laughs> <laughs> so, it's you hot. will know him as Agent Skinner, A.D. Skinner, from uh, from the X-Files as Mulder and Scully's supervisor for a good portion of the season. And he's a great actor, and I'm sorry that I do not know how to pronounce his name. Somebody tell me how to pronounce that. Pelagi, Pelagi. It's, you know, it's a problem. Anyway, he was the host for a while. It was a short-lived revival. And then recently, uh, they have just restarted... A new version of In Search of, and this this kind of cracks me up. It's hosted by uh, Zachary Quinto. Am I saying that right? I have no idea. Maybe. From, Quinto Quinto. Uh, for, who who mm. I originally knew from the series Heroes. Um, he played Siler, and later on went on to play Spock. So Spock I'm guessing mm-hmm. that is why they picked him. It's not like you can just replace Leonard Nimoy, guys. Oh, we have we have, we have CG faces. We can hire oh, Disney to give us the new Leonard Nimoy. That's yeah. all. He's just gonna redo all of Leonard Nimoy's work. He's Hosted this... by a CG Peter Cushing. Oh no! No, no. Oh. And nothing, nothing against this actor. That's another drink for Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like him quite a bit, but his voice isn't isn't episode. necessarily scream to me. Great narration, and also I'm concerned that this new incarnation is going to look a lot like 
one of those shows we talked about that started in like the late 90s, early 2000s, where yeah. it recaps we'll every five minutes. Tell you right. at the end of the episode it, yeah. if there really is a Nessie. I mean, I guess maybe there's not a market for for a nuanced, measured just knowledge analysis yeah. of, of given circumstances. Just a discussion. I don't just know. A discussion, we, yeah. could, we could start one. We could. We talk yeah. to people who are real scientists start in a, real parts of the world. <laughs> start, a, start a YouTube channel. Yeah. Actually, you know what? That probably exists. And there, there's a paranormal podcast that I like quite a bit that I was going to plug at the end of this that kind of takes a more even-handed approach and, and pokes fun where it's necessary but also treats subjects with a lot of, a lot of seriousness. Okay, can you stop? <laughs> 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 we're, we're, we're about to have some on-air domestic violence. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh. So anyway, um, we all recommend In Search Of. If you have never seen this show... Wait, I, what was the name of the podcast, though? The... Oh, I, I was going to do, do it at the end for my oh, okay. It's It's called Mysterious Universe. Oh. It's a paranormal podcast. It's really, really fun. Um, it's also pretty entertaining and, and funny as well as informative. So if you want to know about the newest bizarre new age woo or uh, paranormal investigations of every kind, you can check that out. Um, but anyway, I was going to say, uh, to wrap this up, ugh, I lost my train of thought. I had notes. You know, when you think about it, I, I think, I think in search of really, uh, set a precedence for uh, this this kind of programming. Because now, you know, we're flooded with it. You know, we right. take it for granted that we get this kind of programming on TV. But I think you didn't see a lot of that on TV before in Search Up, where they said, let's let's devote a show to these sure. kind of weird, out-there ideas oh, yeah. that may yeah. have some semblance of faith present in them right so. they kind of set a standard that yeah. people don't it's, necessarily live up to but it's yeah. the it's it's like the halloween what halloween is to the slasher genre and right. search of is to the paranormal mm -hmm. television show very much so yeah um it, it's almost like nova in the way it's presented. yes it's like, it's like, it's like, yeah. like an or a, a public broadcasting mm -hmm. show or it's it, well, it, what what was it originally aired on no, I, no I don't. I, I, I don't know. I can, I can look that up really well, quick. And, and, unless you think that it's, um, you know, that, that it's all about cryptids and ghosts and really, you know, UFOs and crazy out there stuff. There's also some stuff that's just, uh, they have other episodes that are. Oh, a lot just of it's like just history. History and, and yeah. ancient civilizations. And right. also there's a great episode of you track it down. I don't remember what it's called, but it's more about the future and so it's just kind of like futurists thinking about where technology is headed. And it's it's funny because it's kind of in this naive late 70s space age kind of a thing where we can say, oh, it's not unreasonable to think that we might be living on the moon in the mid-80s. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's very funny. I but think some people did start living on the moon in the mid-80s. Probably. Yeah. Could it would be. explain a lot. Yep. Yeah, so, anyway, what I was, what I was going to say, though, if, if you've never seen this show and you are interested, based on our description, hopefully you're interested, <laughs> based on our description, um, hopefully we did it justice. It's it's a quality program. It is a little bit slower. It's from an era where 
you know, everything is in a 30 second sound bite and over sensationalized. So sometimes it can feel a little bit sleepy, um, but it's worth watching. Most of it is, is currently available on YouTube. Um, most of the episodes available on YouTube are the A&E broadcasts that came out in the 90s. And unfortunately, A&E sort of tagged on their own little intro in addition to the original intro music and kind of cut out some of the Leonard Nimoy um, footage of him introducing the episode and you just get his voice instead of seeing him in a lot of it. Um, so they, they edited it a little bit for those broadcasts. But if you are a fan and you remember it fondly um, and you want to own the complete original series, um, as of 2016, a 12-disc DVD set was made available, oh, wow. and it's still available. Nice. It's still in print, and you can get it around average of $20 for the entire set on wow. Amazon. I feel like we should own that. I intend to. So, <laughs> um, yeah, when I saw the price, I was like, that's that's too good to wow, pass that's up. that's perfectly reasonable, yeah. And if, if you haven't, if you're somebody who collects a lot of DVDs and Blu-rays, um, you're still into physical media, like some of us old fogies, um, and you're into paranormal television, I think this is worth your while. I mean, 12 di discs for $20. You're Definitely probably going to at least like some of it, and yeah. if you're a Leonard Nimoy fan on top of it, then that's yeah. a bonus. And if you're a 70s fashion fan... That's true. Leonard oh, Nimoy wears some great... My goodness! Great yes, oh, does. my goodness. Yes, there are does. some turtlenecks that... They're on their way to my wardrobe. <laughs> I spent um, one of the entire episodes trying to track down a jacket that he was wearing. It was so fabulous. Yeah. It was really great. Which is probably why you didn't have any notes. I know. Between the fashions time. and those really great synthesizer uh, fills, I was in heaven the whole time. Like, yeah. Oh, I love the intro music. The intro music yeah. and, and plenty of all through the whole thing, you know, they gotta punch up that weirdness with the mini moog. So. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> the A and E stuff they did over the intro bothers me a bit. Um, yeah. They modernized it, and now yeah. that's 25 years old and crazy dated. Yeah. Yeah. So that's they should have just retro. left it alone. But you can get it in its original format. Um, I've, I've heard that the DVD sets, uh, some, of things, some of the episodes have been digitally restored, but a lot of them are just kind of in their original state, so they're not going to, you know, you're not going to get this in HD. It's going to be grainy 70s television, it's but I think that's part of the charm. Yep. That's how it yep. should be. Sometimes you get things cleaned up in HD and it's ruined, so... Like the Crater Lake Monster. Oh. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I'd also like to take a moment to just say, you know, I know it's been a couple years since his passing, but, but you know, we salute you, Leonard Nimoy. We're all big fans, and we hope that in your afterlife out there, wherever you are, that you're having an amazing time and that you're traversing time and space and, and having a blast. <laughs> you're here. Absolutely. Cheers to you. Discover those mysteries. All right. Well, uh, in closing, do we? Does anybody have anything they want to share or promote? Oh well. We um, actually, this is a great time. Uh, I have a friend, uh, Angela. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I'm gonna laugh at you. Whoa. You're in good trouble of a now. Couple ciders tonight, so I'm sorry, folks. But uh, is this your friend who has the Mallocking podcast? Uh, no, that's that's Aaliyah. So so my friend Aaliyah Liebenau has a really great podcast called Mall Walkers. Uh, if you search on SoundCloud, 
for mall walkers. This podcast, she walks around malls with her boyfriend, and it's a really, it's really funny. They're an adorable couple, and um, it's a great look at, like, post-consumer kind of, like, the ridiculousness of malls. But, my friend, I only know her from, like, well, so there's a first name and the last name, but I for, in the middle name, but I forget her last name. She made a short film uh, uh, that has a Sasquatch element to it, and the name of it is SSQ. If you look around on Vimeo, she has a trailer for this film. It's called SSQ, and Angela Lazar, I think. I think. That's oh, okay. probably also wrong. Uh, we can that, we can put a, a link. Sure. To, we can put a link to the Vimeo clip on um, on our homepage. Oh, okay, so yeah, yeah. If people so want to go to our Podbean page, they can find she's that a, there. It's, it's mostly that she's a friend, but on Facebook she uses like a middle name as a as a last name. So I forget sure. what her real name is. So. Um, so you're not that bad of a friend. Exactly. No, exactly. Okay. So <laughs> she's made this movie SSQ that is about two sisters that are sort of reuniting after several years to scatter the ashes of their father. It's a really great emotional piece, but it has this horror background of a Sasquatch in the woods. It's a great short film. I think there's a, a trailer for it on Vimeo, and then maybe she has something else set up where you can watch the film, and it's great. I would totally recommend it. I did the music for it. Uh, cool. And uh, it's nice. great. It's great fun. Um, so you should definitely check out check that out. All right. Anybody else? Anybody? Uh, I got nothing to plug. Okay. Well, uh, like I mentioned a Perletti. little bit. Perletti. That's her last name. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Perletti. P-E-R-L-E-T-T-I. Angela Perletti. Okay. So. Well, we, we will definitely post a link so people can check that out. Um, if you are interested in checking out a quality and entertaining paranormal podcast, I recommend Mysterious Universe. Uh, you can find them at mysteriousuniverse.org or various streaming apps. Um, their website has a lot of great articles too, so it's worth heading there even if you're an iTunes user. Um, and then I was recently a guest on one of my very favorite podcasts, the Horror Movie Podcast, and I was on the second part of a two-part episode that talked about uh, religious fervor and fanaticism and cults and and in film so you know horror themed films that relate to the subject and uh, it, the two-parter episodes um, are titled killing in the name of and I was in the second part but you should definitely if that's a subject you're interested in it's a lot darker than what we're talking about today pretty heavy intense films and discussion about religion and insanity, um, how those things sometimes intertwine. Um, but the t it's an excellent uh, two-part episode. I recommend listening to both. And I also recommend checking out the podcast because it's a very quality um, horror movie discussion podcast. The hosts are great. They have an excellent dynamic. And between the three of them, they cover the bases really well. Um, and it's one of the very first podcasts I ever got into listening to, and I was honored to be a guest. And the name of that podcast again is Horror Movie Podcast. Oh, and, okay. Uh, very you, easy. You yeah. can, yeah, you can find, you can just Google Horror Movie Podcast. You can find them on pretty much, I think, all the major listening apps, uh, and also you can visit their site at horrormoviepodcast.com. And 
Um, the last thing I wanted to plug, last but not least, another favorite podcast of mine that I've been a guest on twice this year, um, Retro Movie Geek, started a new sidecast that relates well to our subject matter. They are starting to cover television movies, and uh, they nice. their new sidecast is called Terror in the Tube, and they recently <laughs> re released their first episode, and it's really good one. It covers a television movie that covers a classic uh, Warren case. It was it was a home haunting that was investigated. So it's based on a true story. Um, Fun stuff. Yeah, it's a good time. Uh, all the all the hosts put out a really fun, entertaining time there, and uh, there's all kinds of great film geek discussion. So definitely check out Retro Movie Geek. You can check them out at retromoviegeek.com. Um, I believe the Terror on the Tube podcast will be getting its own website, but I think since it's in the early stages, the best place to check out that first episode currently is through RetroMovieGeek.com. Um, that'll keep you guys posted, and uh, maybe we'll do some crossover episodes down the line after Ooh. they get established. In the meantime, we'll fun guys. Yeah. Yeah. That would be cool. That would be really cool. Yeah. In the meantime, where are we at? We are, we're on Facebook, right? No, oh, where, where are we? Oh, Facebook. I've forgotten that that was a thing that we do every episode where we talk about our fake Facebook page. Um, so you page. can find our homepage if you uh, haven't accessed us through there already at uh, it's thehaunteddavenport.podbean.com. You can uh, contact us through Twitter at hauntedDavenport with one D. Um, and if you want to send us a direct email, you can do so through Haunted Davenport with two D's at Gmail. So again, our homepage is thehauntedDavenport.podbean.com, and there you will find uh, relevant photos, links, and show notes, mm. and a little brief description of each episode. And you can download directly from there, and I believe there's also a Podbean app, or um, you know, you'll be finding us on iTunes soon. I keep saying that. Yeah. It'll happen. Well, it's a relative term. Yeah. You could be Soon. listening to this years from when we did this broadcast, and who knows where we will be available. Yeah, who, who knows if iTunes is even still a thing Listen when you're to us in space. Maybe the great franchise wars are over, and there is no Apple anymore. You can uh, find us on McDonald's cast. That's yeah. <laughs> no, more likely uh, Disney cast. Disney cast. Disney yeah, cast. Someone. You guys are bumming me out. <laughs> <laughs> or, hey, maybe it's, you know, Bigfoot's own private network. That's true. Yeah. Uh -huh. I'd be okay with that. <laughs> maybe yeah. it's maybe it's the free love and social health care cast. Yeah. I, I oh, feel like we can only hope. I right? feel like Bigfoot, I, I think he deserves his own you know, social media network once he finally comes out of the closet. Sure. Fe comes out of the woods. Feet spaces. Feet book. He probably... <laughs> no, that's something else entirely. <laughs> Don't Google footbook. No. Don't do it. I really Google now. Yeah, as always, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, tune, in, tune in next month. I am still not sure what we're covering next month. But I guarantee you it'll be Something a good time, summary. and yep. we'll probably talk about a lot of other things. Hopefully it's not so <laughs> it might, hot. It might, be, it might be our Are You Afraid of the Dark episode. Yeah, I think I'd like to get that we're, in before, time for before that. it yeah. technically stops being summer. It would be fun to do that. I originally intended to do it in July, but that was crazy thinking on my, on my <laughs> behalf. Right. Too many things going on this summer. Alrighty, well, we will see you next time. Bye. See ya. Ta-ta.
middle of the earth in the land of Shire lives a brave little hobbit whom we all admire with his long wooden pipe fuzzy woolly toes. He lives in a hobbit hole and everybody knows him. Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins, he's only three feet tall. Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins, the bravest little hobbit of them all. Now hobbits are peace-loving folks, you know. They're never in a hurry and they take Slow. They don't like to travel away from home They just like to eat and be left alone But one day Bilbo was asked to go On a big adventure to the caves below To help some dwarves get back their gold That was stolen by a dragon in the days of old Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins only three feet tall Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins Bravest little hobbit of them all. Well, he fought with the goblins. He battled a troll. He riddled with Gollum. A magic ring he stole. He was chased by wolves, lost in the forest, escaped in a barrel from the elf king's halls. Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins, the bravest little hobbit of them all. That brave little hobbit whom we all admire Just sitting on a treasure of silver and gold Puffing on his pipe in his hobbit ho ho Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins He's only three feet tall Bilbo, 